Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Good morning, Vietnam! I have you now. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Hello! My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. This is the 30-something movie podcast, and this is your host, John Reed. Uh, I am flying solo this time around. Uh, we are. I'm going to do this uh, quick little episode on Superman 4, The Quest for More Money. Um, that's not what it's called. It's The Quest for Peace, but it might as well be The Quest for More Money. Uh, I'm doing this one solo this time around. We kind of ran out of time for some of our September movies because our 150th show turned into three different episodes, and we just ended up not having enough time in September to take care of all the other sci-fi movies we wanted to take care of, and now we are already into the you know almost middle of October, which is our horror month. So I did definitely want to throw out a Superman 4 show here, so... That's what I'm going to be doing. This is going to be coming out uh, probably on Monday, October 9th. So I've got a little bit of news that is specific to Monday, October 9th uh, in that uh, new movie news that uh, Blade Runner 2049's box office did not do as well as people expected. Um, we've got, I believe, The Force, Aw- not Force Awakens. Okay, let's back that up for a second. The Last Jedi tickets go on sale. If you're going to buy Force Awakens tickets, you're a little bit late. Last Jedi tickets are supposed to go on sale today, and I believe that the Last Jedi trailer, uh, the probably the last trailer, uh, is going to be showing up on Monday Night Football tonight. So that is kind of some of our new movie news stuff, so let's get into that real quick. So Blade Runner 2049 did not do well at the box office this weekend, which is a shame because I have not gone to see it yet, but the reviews I'm hearing for the most part are positive. Um... I did read a couple of reviewers who I know for a fact did not like the original Blade Runner because they felt that it was slow and boring. Uh, Those same reviewers did not like this one. But the other reviews that I've read or folks that I've talked to that have actually gone to see the movie, people that I know uh, and whose opinions I tend to trust, uh, they have said it's a pretty good movie. So unfortunately, I don't think enough people are going to go see it. It's not really going to do very well. Uh, The opening weekend, so let's see, I'm looking at... uh, this is uh, cnnmoney.com. Uh, it did take number one at the box office, but it did not meet the expectations. Um, let's see. They were expecting $50 million is what kind of they were hoping for. Um, it brought in, or at least the last estimate I've got here, is $31.5 million. So a little bit lower than, actually quite a bit lower than what they expected, almost half of what they had expected for the opening weekend. So that does not bode well uh, for that one. Um, it does have, I think it has an A- minus on cinema score and an 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's certainly getting good reviews. It's getting good scores from people leaving the theater. They enjoyed the movie, just not enough people going. Um, and then that's going to be kind of a big problem for them because supposedly the budget for this one was $150 million. So when your opening weekend, your biggest potential weekend, uh, you were supposed to take in $50 million and you took in $31 million and you cost $150 million to make, 
doesn't sound good. So um, I guess the hope is it will do better overseas, and maybe it will. I don't know. Um, but, uh, and you know, it just doesn't. I, I was curious to go see it. I will admit that when I first heard that they were doing a sequel to Blade Runner, I was a little hesitant. It's like, you know what? That's I don't know that that's a movie that needs a sequel. But uh, after I started to see some of the initial reviews uh, and hearing that people who did actually go see it really enjoyed it, I'm curious enough to see it now. I don't know that I'm going to have a chance to go see it in the theater because I definitely have some others. I still have not had a chance to see it, and I want to see that in the theater. Um, and then we've got Thor Ragnarok is coming out in just a couple, just a few weeks or so. Um, and Justice League is coming out in November. So, I mean, there's ones, and I do feel like Blade Runner 2049 is probably a better quality movie than uh, Justice League will be. But being a superhero fan, I'm. My butt's going to be in the seat for that one. So I, I already know that's a, a ticket I'm going to be buying. And then Force Awakens. There's just a lot of movies coming out towards the end of the year here that I'd like to go see. So I don't know. haven't decided yet if, if Blade Runner 2049 is one of those that I'm going to spend money to go see uh, in the movie theater. But, um, you know, maybe just to get out there and support it since it seems to be a, a good movie. But not a lot of people have gone out to see it. So if you haven't seen it yet... Um, Maybe go buy a ticket if you're looking for a movie to go see. If you have seen it and you have a, a different take on it, if, if you saw it and it doesn't match up with the reviews, or um, if you saw it and you thought it was really awesome and you wish more people would go see it, let us know. Feel free to get in touch with us. Uh, let us know what you thought of it. You can always uh, call in on our voicemail line. We'll play your review of the movie here on the podcast. Our voicemail line is 872-35-MOVIE. That's 872-356-6843. Um, you can always email us, tweet at us, uh, all of our different spots in social media. We are 30podcast, 30podcast. Uh, so that's at 30podcast on Twitter, on Instagram, Facebook, all those different places. So, uh, so that's the Blade Runner 2049 stuff. New Justice League trailer came out, and it has me less worried than some of the previous Justice League trailers. If you've listened to the show before, you you know my opinions on the whole Justice League DC movie stuff. I'm I'm a DC fan at heart. Um, I, I will freely admit that I think a lot of the Marvel movies are much better, uh, more well-made movies, um, but I just love the DC characters, so I don't like what they're doing with a lot of the DC characters. Um, we have talked before on the show that I enjoy Man of Steel. I know a lot of other people don't enjoy Man of Steel. It's probably still my favorite of the DC movies, um, even with Wonder Woman. I, I loved Wonder Woman, but Superman is still my favorite character, and I did enjoy Man of Steel. Um, I like that one. So so I don't know. Um, this newest trailer that came out, it starts off with uh, Lois Lane. It, it kind of a, seems like it might be a dream sequence, uh, Lois uh, talking with Superman standing out in the field and uh, you know, he, he makes a comment. I'll take that as a yes and comments that she's wearing the engagement ring that he gave her. Um, and then she kind of wakes up and you realize it was kind of a dream sequence. Um, so I don't know. I, I, here, we'll, we'll listen to the audio of the trailer real quick. Take that as a yes. What? 
the ring. opposite of what the saying is. No, that's your, oh, sorry. That's your signal. That means we have to go now. Yeah, that's, that's what that means. It's so cool. So like I said, I mean, other people have given their feedback on the Justice League stuff, and I immediately on Twitter I saw a whole bunch of people commenting and saying, whoa, this, this is what they decided to give us as the last Justice League trailer? I was less worried by this trailer. When this trailer started off with uh, with Superman and Lois Lane, totally fine with that. I still I still wish Batman versus Superman would have left out Batman and just been Man of Steel two, um, Electric Boogaloo. But yeah, you know I can't go back now. So uh, I I just hope does Justice League. I think this is a comment I made on Twitter. Does Justice League? need to have an amazing story for me to go see it in the theater nope um do i hope that it does yeah i hope it's a great story i mean i like anybody i love superhero movies i will watch a superhero movie even if i know it's going to be bad i watched suicide squad was i entertained it there were maybe a couple of moments where i felt like i was being entertained by that movie otherwise it was just mostly a hot mess but it still didn't stop me from seeing it you know, even even one of the worst superhero movies of recent memory, Fantastic Four, uh, the new Fantastic Four, I still watched that one. Definitely a hot mess. Uh, still, you know, there were still moments that I enjoyed. I could see bits and pieces of, of the potential for a good movie there. Um, but I just, I'm a superhero movie fan, so I'm going to go see it. Is it going to be a great story? I don't know. I, I hope it really surprises everybody and it's actually got a decent story to it. I'm just, I, I'm getting a little tired of the kind of the stylized 
uh, fight sequences in the movies. I commented before on Wonder Woman. Um, I'm getting a little the the slow motion uh, in the fights is is a little overdone uh, for me. But other than that. It's got my favorite superheroes in it. It's the Justice League all together in one movie. Uh, so I'm going to go see it regardless. But I, I really do hope it's better than what a lot of people are, are panicking and thinking it's going to be. Okay. Um, the only other things I have in the new movie news stuff is the Last Jedi trailer is going to come out today. It's going to be out tonight for Monday Night Football. And the Last Jedi tickets go on sale today as well. So if you are looking forward to getting those, go out and get your tickets for The Last Jedi uh, so that we can all see it and we can all review it and we can all hopefully enjoy what will give us some surprises, uh, you know, bring some new stuff to the Star Wars universe. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what they do with Luke Skywalker. I've loved seeing the, the pictures and some of the character designs uh, for what's going to be happening in this movie. So I'm, I'm in. I'm all in. I'm in anyway. It's a Star Wars movie, so I'm definitely going to be there. All right, so let's go ahead and jump on in to Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. It came out on the 24th of July, 1987, rated PG. It was an hour and a half, directed by Sidney J. Fury, who also did Iron Eagle and The Ipcris File. Producers were Yoram Globus and Menahem Golan, who uh, he died in 2014. They produced together a whole bunch of movies under the Canon Films label. Uh, they did Over the Top, Cobra, Invaders from Mars, and Delta Force. And we've talked before about the Canon Group, so you kind of already, if you've listened to the show before, you have a sense of what we're talking about here. Uh, if you want to hear more about that, uh, the episodes we would have mentioned that on would have been the episode we did on Cobra, uh, the Stallone movie, and the Masters of the Universe. Uh, probably also Iron Eagle um, and Delta Force. So we've, uh, oh, Invaders from Mars. So we probably talked about it on each of those. Uh, so if you want to go back and check out those episodes, you can. Writers for this one were Christopher Reeve. He did the story. He died in 2004. Uh, he also wrote one episode of The Practice. Lawrence Connor did story and screenplay. He did uh, Star Trek VI and the 2001 Planet of the Apes. Mark Rosenthal did story and screenplay. Also did Star Trek VI and Planet of the Apes 2001. Cinematography was done by Ernest Day. He died in 2006. He did Revenge of the Pink Panther and Mission Impossible, the first one. Music was done by Alexander Courage, who died in 2008. He did the original series of Star Trek and The Waltons, as well as a lot of other, uh, a lot of other TV shows and a few movies. The budget on this one was uh, $17 million. The box office was $36.7 million, which would have worked out for the box office is the original budget for this movie. And they ended up slashing it. If you've heard any of the, the stories of what happened with this movie, that's one of the big things that happened is the original budget for this movie was about $36 million and they cut it uh, in half. So the, the box office take then was what the original budget was going to be starring Christopher Reeve again, who died in 2004. He played Superman and Clark Kent. He was in Superman movies somewhere in time and the remains of the day, as well as a few episodes of Smallville. Gene Hackman played Lex Luthor and the voice of nuclear man. He was in the French connection, the Superman movies and unforgiven Jackie Cooper, who died in 2011 played Perry white. He was in the champ Skippy and the Superman movies. Mark McClure, who played Jimmy Olsen was in the Superman movies, Supergirl and Apollo 13. John Cryer, who played Lenny, was in Pretty in Pink and Two and a Half Men. Sam Wanamaker, who died in 1993, played David Warfield. He was in Raw Deal and Private Benjamin. Mark Pillow, who played Nuclear Man, uh, really one of his only other uh, roles was in a TV series called Alaska Kid. 
Marielle Hemingway played Lacey Warfield. She was in Manhattan and Deconstructing Harry. Margot Kidder played Lois Lane. She was in the Superman movies and the Amityville Horror. Damien McLawhorn played Jeremy. He was in a movie called London Embassy. And William Hootkins, who died in 2005, uh, played one of the warmongers, Harry Howler. He was in Star Wars, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark as well. Uh, he was, in, he was um, Porkins in Star Wars. He was also in Batman, 89. Uh, critics gave this one a 12% on Rotten Tomatoes. The audience gave it a 15%. Cinema score gave it a C. So even those people leaving the theater, not necessarily big fans of what they saw. Dave Kerr from the Chicago Tribune said, The impoverishment here is not merely of means, but of spirit. Desmond Ryan of the Philadelphia Inquirer says, Of course, Superman saves the world, but the real news is that there's still some life in the series. Jay Boyar of the Orlando Sentinel said, Superman 4 is cinematic kryptonite. Not only could it kill the Superman series, it might also leave filmgoers feeling weak. Uh, awards for this one, it was nominated for Razzie Awards for Worst Supporting Actress, Marielle Hemingway, and Worst Visual Effects. The Man of Steel crusades for nuclear disarmament and meets Lex Luthor's latest creation, Nuclear Man. The countdown has begun. Can we listen not launch? The world is on the brink. And only one man can save us now. What a scoop! Effective immediately, I'm going to rid our planet of all nuclear weapons. But the greatest threat to Superman is Lex Luthor. You'd risk worldwide nuclear war for your own personal financial gain. Do you know what I can do with a single strand of Superman's hair? You can make a toupee that flies. Let's just keep your IQ a family secret, okay? Okay. <laughs> He's created a being more powerful than the Man of Steel. Well, smarter than I thought. <laughs> Hemingway and Margot Gitter. Clark? Clark, things aren't that bad. Clark, stop! As Lois Lane. Superman 4, his greatest adventure, the quest for peace. All right, so where do we begin with this one? Um, uh, the background, a lot of this I have taken from IMDb, uh, so I'm just going to, there's whole passages of stuff here I'm going to read, uh, some of them taken from a, a paragraph taken from Christopher Reeve's autobiography, Still Me, uh, where he talks about filming Superman 4 and then a couple of other things that kind of describe what ended up happening with this movie. So uh, according to John Cryer, who played Lenny, Reeve had taken him aside just before the release of the movie and told him it was going to be, quote, terrible. Although Cryer enjoyed working with Reeve and Hackman, Cryer claimed that Cannon ran out of money during the production and ultimately released an unfinished film. 
In Christopher Reeve's autobiography, he described filming Superman 4 by saying, we were, almost, we were also hampered by budget constraints and cutbacks in all departments. Canon Films had nearly 30 projects in the works at the time, and Superman 4 received no special consideration. For example, for example, Connor and Rosenthal wrote a scene in which Superman lands on 42nd Street and walks down the double yellow lines to the United Nations, where he gives a speech. If that had been a scene in Superman 1, we would have actually have shot it on 42nd Street. Richard Donner would have choreographed hundreds of pedestrians and vehicles and cut to people gawking out of office windows at the sight of Superman walking down the street like the Pied Piper. Instead, we had to shoot at an industrial park in England in the rain with about a hundred extras, not a car in sight, and a dozen pigeons thrown in for atmosphere. Even if the story had been brilliant, I don't think that we could have ever lived up to the audience's expectations with this approach. That kind of sums it up right there. A uh, nuclear man that appears in the film is actually the second nuclear man that Luther created. Uh, there were cut scenes where there was the original nuclear man, played by actor Clive Mantle, um, is one that is not created using the power of the sun. Uh, it was supposed to be kind of meant to be more of a bizarro type character. And so he fights and Superman ends up um, destroying him. And so then Lex Luthor realizes, okay, well, we need something more powerful here. Let's harness the power of the sun and create a better, stronger nuclear man. Um, Christopher Reeve publicly regretted his involvement with this film. He said, Superman 4 was a catastrophe from start to finish. That failure was a huge blow to my career. Wes Craven was originally set to direct, but was replaced after creative differences with star Christopher Reeve. My understanding, too, is that Christopher Reeve did not get along with uh, Sidney J. Fury, and I think he and Marco Kidder did not get along during the making of this movie, so it just sounds like it was not a great experience for anybody involved. The failure of this film at the box office prompted the Canon Group to cancel a planned production of Spider-Man. They were going to be doing a Spider-Man movie. Um, and there were also plans, I believe not through Canon, but there were also plans for a Superman 5, uh, which I can talk about here in just a few minutes. But uh, that also did not go through after this movie was a complete failure. Christopher Reeve agreed to play Superman for the fourth time if the studio financed his other project for 1987 called Street Smart, uh, which he did have made at about the same time. In the original script, Superman was supposed to rebuild the Great Wall of China at super speed, but when the money problems emerged, they had Superman use his magical rebuilding power, which was made up for this movie. Uh, It required only that the director run the camera in reverse rather than a complicated super speed scene. Before Superman 4 The Quest for Peace was released, the Canon Group began planning a fifth film directed by Albert uh, Pion. I think it's going to, how you're going to say that. When Canon went bankrupt, Superman's film rights reverted to Ilya Salkine and Alexander Salkine. Uh, Ilya wrote a story for a fifth film with Carrie Bates and Mark Jones, in which Superman died and was resurrected in the bottled city of Candor. It was not an adaptation of the famous Death of Superman storyline, which it would have predated by about two years. So I did read a little bit up on that. Uh, the whole idea was that um, Brainiac was going to show up and it was going to be kind of a. Um, well, kind of a mixture of some of the different Brainiacs they've done throughout time. It was going to be the green-skinned Brainiac uh, kind of mixed in together with the more robotic Brainiac that they've had in the comic books. And Brainiac was going to shrink down Metropolis. And then uh, he was going to go into Metropolis and fight Superman. And Superman was going to die. Uh, But Superman's essence or his cells or whatever uh, was going to be transferred over to another bottled city that was in Brainiac's collection. And that was going to be the bottled city of Kandor, where then Superman could interact with, uh, you know, his Kryptonian heritage. Um, Let's see, I think I have, 
feel like I have here. Yeah. So here's actually from Carrie Bates, a uh, comic book writer at the time and was doing uh, a treatment for this movie. Uh, he says, Brainiac comes to Earth for the first time, shrinks Metropolis, adding it to his interplanetary collection of miniaturized cities. But because he becomes aware of the unique superpowered being in his latest acquisition, Brainiac miniaturizes himself and ventures into the bottled Metropolis in person. This leads to a knockdown drag out battle that ends in what appears to be Superman's death. A split second before his atoms would have been permanently disintegrated, they are sucked into a bottle city a few rows over, Candor. There he is, quote, reborn as a mortal man, uh, where he gets to reconnect with his Kryptonian roots as he begins the arduous process of rehabilitating himself and eventually escaping from Candor to resume his battle with Brainiac. So that would have been a pretty interesting movie to see. I mean, we really didn't see, other than Zod, we didn't really see any other super-powered villains that Superman was facing in these movies, so... That would have been interesting. Um, it was going to be called Superman Reborn. And they were going to, my understanding is, Canon had a one-picture uh, one deal with the Salkinds. And when that expired and, and after Superman 4 came out, I believe the idea was they were going to take back the rights and they were going to make a Superman 5 um, to kind of reboot the character. But Christopher Reeve still in the role. Uh, and just kind of taken in a new direction. But apparently with the huge failure of Superman 4, they decided not to go that route. And so we, Superman 4 ended up being the end of the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. So um, I definitely would have been interested to see that. There, are, there was the other Superman movie, the one with Nick Cage, um, uh, was Superman Lives, that was supposed to come out a few years later when they tried to reboot the whole thing. I still have not seen, there's a documentary out called the death of Superman lives. And it talks about, uh, tries to collect as much information as could be found on what happened with that movie. Uh, I still would be curious to see that. I have not had a chance to see it yet. Um, just to see where everything went wrong with that one. Cause it just sounds like for everything, Superman four, everything where that was kind of a mess. It just sounds like, Superman lives with Nick Cage would have been even more of a mess. Um, so, but yeah, still curious to see that at some point. All right. Um, let me do, I'm going to try something new here on the podcast. I want to try something where I review, uh, where I give an overview of the entire movie in 30 seconds or less. I'm not sure if I can do it, uh, but let's do it. So I, I've got a, uh, I'm going to try to do a quick overview, the 30 something 30 second overview. Let's see if we can do this. Daily Planet bankrupt was bought by tabloid mogul David Warfield. Puts his daughter Lacey in charge. Perry White quits. Clark gets a letter from a kid named Jeremy about nuclear war. Rushes to the Arctic to ask the floaty heads what he should do. They say butt out. Clark tells Lois he's Superman. Then he super kisses her to make her forget. Goes to the UN and says he's trashing the nukes. Lex gets sprung from a chain gang by his nephew Lenny. They steal Superman's hair and create Nuclear Man. Soups and nukes fight. Soups gets poisoned, but he gets better. Soups pushes the moon in front of the sun to create an eclipse and incapacitate nukes. Soup drops nukes into his nuclear power plant. Perry White buys back the Daily Planet. Superman tells the UN, "My bad," and recaptures the Luthers. Phew. Okay. Was not sure I was going to make that one. Um, so anyway, that is the overview of the very, very brief, basic overview of Superman four. Uh, I will say very quickly, I believe I saw this movie in the theater as a kid. I mean, I love the Superman movies. My dad liked most of the Superman movies. And so we would have seen this probably in the theater when it came out. Um, I remember loving it as a kid. I thought nuclear man was great. He was scary. He was threatening to Superman. He was more powerful than Superman. Um, I, I, at the time thought it was cool that he had the weakness of, you know, not being able to use any kind of powers in sunlight. I thought, well, Superman's got kryptonite, so this guy's got to have something. Um, yeah, so definitely as a kid, I mean, I thought this was, I thought this was great. I, Superman's going to get rid of all the nuclear weapons and, and he's going to fight this nuclear man creature and, 
Lex Luthor's there and, you know, just awesome. It was an awesome movie and I loved it as a kid. And you know what? I watched it, um, ooh, maybe it was about three or four years ago. I watched this one for the first time in many, many years. I probably close to 20 years. Um, and it does not hold up. Now, I will say I showed this to my son uh, just the other day. He is 10 years old, so he is just a little tiny bit older than I was when I first saw this movie. He enjoyed it. He really liked it. And I, I really tried not to say too much uh, about, you know, he did overhear me talking with my wife and, and uh, I think my brother was here at the time about some things that were wrong with this movie, but he ended up enjoying the movie regardless of that. I tried not to, you know, bias him too much against it. Um, are there still bits and pieces of this movie that are entertaining to me? Absolutely. Um, but for the most part, it's just a mess. And, and as I get older and maybe I watch movies with a more critical eye sometimes, I just see, and now that I know more about the Canon group and kind of what was going on at the time, I just see so much of what this movie could have been, what Christopher Reeve, I'm sure, wanted this movie to be. Um, you know, he only came back because they, they said that they were going to let him write the story and, and have a lot of creative control there. And so I, I just, I mean, I feel bad for him because it just seems like he was sold a bill of goods that, uh, you know, did not come to pass. And, uh, and I've read several things from him about kind of what happened with this and how everything just fell apart and they were not given the budget that they needed to be able to make a good movie. Uh, Canon, my understanding with Canon is they kind of saw this as, Hey, we can get a big name like Superman. Okay. We just did masters of the universe. We've got Sylvester Stallone doing some movies for us. Um, we can get a big name like Superman. And I think they also had bought the rights for a Spider-Man movie. And they said, you know, we're going to do Superman. Everybody loves Superman. What's more American than Superman. Americans are going to love it. So let's do Superman. It'll be big. It'll save our company. But the problem is Canon Group, if you know anything about their history, they just overextended. They were doing too many things all at once. Whereas most movie studios may be doing at most a dozen movies a year. And, and that may be, may be pushing it. Canon was probably doing 30 to 40 movies a year that they were trying to produce and, and, and always on the cheap. So I, I think this was just a case of they grabbed this big name uh, for, you know, maybe not too much of too, too much of a high price. They grabbed this big name movie and figured that having this and if they if they sunk their money into getting Christopher Reeve and Gene Hackman and Margot Kidder, then that would save their studio. And it was just very shortly after this movie was a flop. Um, as I mentioned earlier, they had to cancel the plans for the Spider-Man movie. And then Canon Group was pretty much gone uh, within a very short amount of time after this movie came out. So, so this kind of put the nail in the coffin of the Canon group, uh, put the nail in the coffin of the Christopher Reeve Superman movies, uh, which is a shame. Cause like I said, I, Superman five, the Superman reborn, I would have been very curious to see that. Um, I kind of feel like they've done a story like that in the comic books a couple of different times. Maybe, maybe this would be kind of cool. Uh, so anybody who's uh, works with DC Warner brothers, if you're listening, uh, take the idea from the Superman reborn. Uh, if there was a full script, I don't know if there was a full script ever done. I know there was at least uh, a first draft or two. Um, um, take that and maybe do like an animated movie in the style of the Batman 66 comics. And I know that they've done an animated movie of the kind of the Batman 66 style, the Adam West Batman do that in the style of, you know, having a Superman that looks 
and acts like the Christopher Reeve Superman. That, to me, would be pretty cool. If you were going to take the Superman Reborn concept, take the draft of the script that they've got, and, um, and, and make, the, make it happen that way. I would love to see that. I mean, I would, you know, I'd be all for that. So, uh, but yeah, so any Warner Brothers executives that are listening to our show, because I know there's really so many of you, uh, that would be my idea, is to do that. Um, otherwise, yeah, this movie's a bit of a mess. Um, you know, the, the nuclear man concept, it's, a lot of it is kind of laughable now. Um, the dialogue in this movie, and you know, I know that a lot of the Superman dialogue is kind of cheesy anyway, but, uh, you know, especially when he saves the guy in the subways, gentlemen, hold on. She said, this man has probably just had a heart attack, but I want you to wait a second while I give you a PSA on why the subway system is the safest way to travel. You know, some stuff like that. They were trying to they were trying to capture lightning in a bottle again. Um, the problem was they were trying to capture lightning in a bottle, I think, without a bottle because they were too cheap to buy one. Uh, so just a lot of different a lot of different uh, a lot of different things going in the wrong direction for this movie. Uh, you know, I almost went out and bought the uh, there's a DVD collection that has all four Superman movies on it. And I almost bought that one the other day. And I thought, you know what? I've already got a copy of Superman. I've already got a copy of Superman 2. Uh, I've got a copy of the Richard Donner cut of Superman 2. Maybe I'll just go find a copy of Superman 3. Because I do, I do like Superman 3. I am a fan of that one. I know a lot of people don't like that one. Um, even if for nothing else than the junkyard uh, fight between Superman and Clark Kent. Even if that's the only thing I see from that movie, then I love that movie. So, uh, yeah, but I, I avoided the, uh, the four movie DVD set mostly because I'm like, I don't really need Superman four. If I can find it at the library or on Netflix, then I'm good. You know, I might watch it again, maybe never. Um, so yeah, so definitely Superman four. Um, like I said, I saw it as a kid, enjoyed it as a kid, maybe not so much as an adult, uh, I would recommend this movie to you if you are someone that loves Superman movies and loves Christopher Reeve movies, uh, or Christopher Reeve Superman movies, regardless of whether they're good or not. Um, if you really like Superman 1 and you like Superman 2, if you were lukewarm on Superman 3, I might give this one a pass. But uh, if you are if you are someone who is a completist and you just want to see everything, regardless of whether it's good or bad, um, definitely go take uh, give give this one a chance. Uh, you might enjoy it. It just there is so much there that you can see is is not uh, as as John Cryer had mentioned in the one interview, um, not a complete film. You know you can see there's a lot of stuff missing. There were a lot of scenes that were cut out. Uh, apparently, if you go look at one of the DVD versions of this that has the cut scenes, um, there are scenes where you see Clark at the gravestones of his parents um, before you see the scene where he's trying to sell the farm and, and all that. Uh, a lot of other scenes where they cut out the first nuclear man. And some of that stuff I, I think would be kind of interesting to see. I have not gone to get whatever collection that is yet that has the the extra scenes on it. But apparently there was another 30 to 40 minutes of this movie that was cut out because the uh, Canon group figured that if they made a much shorter movie, then movie theaters could show it more often and therefore make more money. So, and we've talked about their way of doing business before. So uh, I just, to me, this is a a sad way to end the Christopher Reeve Superman series um, and then have to wait so many years until we got another one. And then we uh, got Superman Returns, which I know, again, a lot of other people don't like. 
I like that movie. Um, is it the greatest Superman movie? No, absolutely not. But, um, you know, I, I was still entertained by it. Still think it's a, a pretty decent Superman story. Um, but just, just sad, sad to know that, you know, even a few years later that, you know, what would happen to Christopher Reeve with his paralysis and everything else that of what he's most well known for, I think to the general public, that this is how, he ended that run uh, of Superman movies and, and how disappointed he was in it. Um, so, you know, definitely kind of, kind of sad to see the Superman movies end that way. So I think that's, that's going to do it. I don't really have too many other things to say about Superman four. Like I said, give it a try. If you're a Superman completist and you just need to see all the movies, give it a try. Otherwise, if you were, if you liked one and two, but were lukewarm on three, then maybe give this one a bit of a pass and, and save yourself some time and go see, um, Superman Returns or Man of Steel or go watch one of the animated movies or whatever. Um, yeah, this probably, if I had to rank any of them, uh, this is probably my least favorite of all of the Superman movies. And that probably even includes Batman versus Superman. I might put Batman versus Superman just a little bit higher on my list than this one. Yeah, I think so. I think this is probably my least favorite of the Superman movies. Um, yeah, so I that that's just kind of my take on it is is kind of a sad way for the the Christopher Reeve series to end, um, but it is what it is. So I, I get what they were doing. I get what they were trying to do. Try to be relevant uh, with the whole nuclear war thing um, and the disarmament. But there's just there's too much. They were almost trying to do too much here. You've got the the little newspapers being threatened by the big business. You've got nuclear war. You've got um, a message about real estate developers, you know, destroying the farms of America. I mean, there's just so much, there's a lot of stuff that's unfinished here. There's a lot of things that don't make sense. Uh, why is nuclear man infatuated with Lacey Warfield when he's never met her? Um, why does Clark reveal? Okay. Let me, let me back up there for a second. Clark's kind of a jerk. He reveals his identity to Lois just long enough for him to get her opinion on what he should do and then super kisses her so she forgets it again. Um, that kind of, you know, especially as an adult, I, I watch that. And, and first of all, she comments there that she, even though he super kissed her before in Superman 2, she still comments and says that she remembers everything. Um, so that to me didn't make a whole lot of sense because how could she remember everything, but then have her mind wiped and then he's going to super kiss her again. And now she totally forgets it again. And I don't know. There's a lot of stuff in here. A lot of stuff with like the made up powers of him being able to just stare at the great wall of China and get, and get it fixed. Um, which, which I have heard a lot of people criticize that they're like, it was just a bunch of made up powers in here where he just stares at it and it fixes itself. Um, I, I will jump back, even though it's it's definitely funny. And at the time, I was like, "Whoa, that's cool!" The whole the made up powers in Superman two, the whole cellophane S and all that. So I, I don't know if you love Superman two, and I don't I don't know that you can criticize Superman four for having crazy made up Superman powers when Superman two had a few crazy made up Superman powers there as well. Um, it just the visual effects the visual effects are not good in this movie. They are the reused shots over and over and over again with just a different background. Um, you know, bad special effects. Uh, Great Wall of China, where I noticed there are, I don't believe there were any actual Chinese people uh, on the Great Wall, so that must have been the tourist only section that was getting destroyed. Um, yeah, so just kind of. 
there's a lot of stuff in this movie that could have been good, but just uh, they didn't spend the money to make it as good as it could have been. Um, so that's Superman four: the quest for more money and not, you got to spend a little money to make a little money. And, and they chose to spend very little money and therefore made very little money. So, all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for Superman four. Uh, we're going to be back here next week uh, with uh, next week is actually our predator. Or actually not next week, just probably in a couple of days or so is going to be our predator episode. And that is going to be one of our first, I guess you could count this as a horror movie because it's kind of scary in some parts um, and, and scary bad. But uh, Predator, so we've got coming up Predator, Prince of Darkness, Hellraiser, and Near Dark will be our October movies, which I know Pat is just thrilled to get going with these horror movies. It's his favorite month out of the entire year. Um, but those will be the ones coming up soon, just in a couple of days. Predator will be out, uh, episode number 156, and then beyond that, Prince of Darkness, Hellraiser, and Near Dark. So if you are looking for other ways to get in touch with us, you can do so by going to three zero podcast.com. That's our website. And that will take you to our Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, email address, um, our voicemail line, any other ways that you want to get in touch with us. Uh, there's probably also a link there to get you to iTunes. And if you are listening to the show and enjoying it, please leave us a review on iTunes. That really helps us out. That's a way to support the show. Um, you know, in a way that does not take any of your money. Uh, we do the show because we love it. And there obviously is a cost involved and we do have a, a Patreon page, uh, on our website where, um, you know, if, if you feel led to financially, uh, support the show, say thank you that way. Um, otherwise if you don't want to do that, the best way that you can help us out is to go to iTunes, take a couple of minutes of your time and leave us a review on iTunes because then that's let, that kind of moves us up in the iTunes rankings and lets other people know that we're there. It kind of gets us out there a little bit more. So if you are enjoying the show, share it with others give us a couple of minutes of your time. Uh, it wouldn't cost you anything other than time and uh, leave us a review on iTunes. We would really, really appreciate that. Uh, if you are looking for other ways to listen to us, if you're wanting to share us with others so that they can come find us, uh, we are on Stitcher, Satchel, Google play podcasts, iTunes, and you can listen to us directly from 30 podcast.com. In the meantime, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. We'll see you next time. subway system is still the safest and most reliable means of public transportation. Thank you.